Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. guys are with me for a bunch of random stuff to talk about today too i'm going to show you some video since uh it clearly works so i can show you some video uh we've got to get to that buzzer beater last night that was incredible and just why we love college basketball right also uh claypool did you see the end of the nfl game last night uh 30 seconds left you're down eight points you're driving you don't have any timeouts you got to spike the ball and you are celebrating a first down instead of getting the ball back to the official. If you haven't seen this play, you've got to see it. And then he yells at his teammates for reasons unknown. Uh, also, the uh, the Kenny Pickett rule is now in place. The NCAA actually did something right for the first time in, uh, well, ever? I, <laughs> finally, I guess... Got something right. So all that to talk about this morning, but I want to start with this, actually. Coaching search season, if you can believe it, is still going on, and hell, we might even get more coaching search stuff because Oregon uh, did the kind of like classy thing the other day, and they asked permission of UCLA to talk to Chip Kelly. Now, first of all, Oregon talking to Chip Kelly, potentially hiring him, be their next head coach, is bizarre to me. And apparently that's being driven by Phil Knight, but again, I mean, who knows? This is all secondary information or or whatever. But why on earth Oregon wants to go the retread route when Chip Kelly was last at Oregon, what, 2012? And since he's been in the same conference in Los Angeles, they have gone... Three and nine, four and eight, three and four last year, eight and four this year. He has not been competitive in the division. He has not come anywhere close to playing for a conference championship. And God knows he hasn't come anywhere close to playing for a national championship. So why on earth would Oregon want to go down that road? You're seeing this person that, yes, was your coach almost a decade ago that left and went to the NFL and wasn't particularly good there and now is back in college at UCLA, again, in your conference and is not really doing anything good there either. Why would you want him to be your head coach? But anyway, that might happen. And uh, if it does, UCLA is going to have a search and this whole thing's just going to keep rolling and rolling and you you know how it goes. But uh, what you've seen the last couple of days is uh, thanks really to Danny Cannell, Oregon fans have gotten this obsession with uh, hiring Lane Kiffin because that's kind of how this goes. Um, They've gone so far to even do the whole he wants to be here, he'd crawl for the job, that kind of stuff. It's all, you know, that's kind of how it goes. Oregon, of all the jobs that came open this cycle, is least likely to hire him. At least that's how I see it. But either way, 
when coaching searches happen, whether or not he's interested, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, people love to do the flight tracking stuff. And I've always taken it as kind of funny. Uh, people being goofy, having fun with it, but not actually taking it seriously. When you have an actual platform, like if I were to sit here, I have a platform, I'll be at a, a quite small one, but I've got one. And if I were to sit here with you and pull up FlightAware and show you these routes and then use flight trackers to tell you what's going on in a coaching search, uh, never listen to me or consume my content again. Can, can we agree there? Make me a promise. If I start drawing, unironically drawing connections, between flight trackers and football coaches never consume my content again, okay? Unless I'm making fun of people, and it's obvious I'm being sarcastic, unsubscribe, leave this forever. Is that fair? Do that for me, please. Because I saw somebody last night who is listed as staff on an Oregon site, a pay site too, not like a SB Nation blog or something that was drawing connections between a bunch of flights that were going to Phoenix, including a plane, the old Miss plane, plane out of Oxford, flying to Phoenix to interview for Oregon. That was the, uh, the connection that was drawn. I'm going to read this to you. And in fairness to Jared, who is allegedly staff at an Oregon site, he said, all right, everyone, stay with me as I get into some conspiracy theory stuff. Well, if that's what you're going to classify it as, stop talking. But either way, three flights left Rich, uh, Redmond Airport this morning, all private. They all left within 30 minutes of each other. One happens to be Nike. The other plane has landed back in Eugene. Like Go Ducks has pointed out, this is the other one. Again, there is a mystery plane within the next hour. I should have an idea of where it is heading. I don't think it's a coincidence that those three private planes left at the same time from Phil Knight's favorite airport. It continues. There is still a mystery plane that no one has picked up on so far. If it's notable, we'll find out in the next hour. The other plane landed in Phoenix a bit ago. Our fourth and final plane has begun its descent into the Phoenix area as well. As you all have been waiting for, plane number four is here. People are intimating that it's Lane Kiffin. A bunch from Oregon and one from Oxford, Mississippi. Three private planes left out of Redmond Airport. Redmond is Phil Knight's favorite airport. This is all staff, by the way. This is all staff. This is not random people on a message board. This is somebody who's listed as staff. One plane went to Eugene. The Nike one went to Palm Springs, presumably because of the chip stuff being announced. And one plane landed in Phoenix. These planes all left right after each other. The Nike and Phoenix planes mirrored the path. The fourth plane took off from Oxford today and is headed to Phoenix. And it's apparently the Ole Miss private jet. So clearly, all of this means that Lane Kiffin's going to Oregon. Don't do the flight tracker stuff. Don't listen to people. Don't consume people. Don't read people that do the flight tracker stuff. Okay, it's insanity. The Ole Miss jet, which, by the way, they would not be flying Lane Kiffin to an interview on a trackable jet from the university, by the way. They wouldn't be doing that. But to take 
well, these planes left, but then they went to different places, but the old Miss plane went to Phoenix, so therefore, stop. Stop. That's insane. Don't do that. Anyway, the, the whole Oregon thing has been crazy to me, and it's all Danny Cannell's fault. <sighs> anyway, so, Jed, just don't take people seriously that do the flight tracker stuff. Fair? Unless they're unless they're messing around. If they're being serious about it, if they're actually using Flight Tracker to relay real information to you, don't uh don't take that seriously. Uh because one, these planes are used by a lot of people and they're all over the country all the time. And if business wanted to be concealed, it would be. They are are able to block the tracking of these planes if serious business is getting done. That's why flight trackers never actually give anybody real information about college football coaching searches. So just don't take that seriously. I was asked about that last night. Like, oh, is this legit? No, it's not. Don't don't take it seriously at all. Just just don't take it seriously in any way. But all right. By the way, my name is Michael Borky. I don't know if I told you that earlier, but I mean it's on the screen and whatnot. And if you're here, you probably know that by now. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Subscribe on YouTube. My name, that's all you need. My name right there on YouTube. Uh, Follow on Twitter and Facebook as well. And wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, this is uploaded there every single day. And I'm glad to have uh, wherever you are, however you are, I'm glad to have you guys with me. Miles gets the comment started, says, is this requesting permission to Pac-12 thing now? I thought I recalled Washington asking permission to interview Fresno State's coach. Maybe it is, but it's really stupid. Well, no, let me rephrase that. Let me re- let me rephrase that, because no, it's not stupid. I think it's respectful. I think it's respectful. But what would have, what's UCLA going to do? Say no? And then what would Oregon do in response? You just had Miami come poach your coach. Are you really asking for permission, or is it more of like the formality thing, like when you ask uh, your girlfriend's father if you can marry his daughter? Well, of course that answer is yes. She's an adult woman. He can't tell you yes or no, but you still do it just as a formal thing. I mean, I asked my now father-in-law for his, you know, his blessing. I didn't ask for permission. I asked for their blessing. But uh, different things, I guess. But even if he told me no... I was still going to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I was still going to. I had my mind made up. She was an adult woman. I'm an adult sort of sometimes. And so I would have asked anyway. So it is respectful. But what would Oregon do if UCLA said no? Well, all right. Well, I guess we're moving on from Chip. No, they still would have called Chip. They would just have done it less formally, I suppose. But yeah, it's got to be a Pac-12 thing. It is. I'm just waiting for the day college baseball gets out of that gentleman agreement stuff. Once a, once a kid commits to another school, you don't really recruit him anymore in college baseball. I wonder when that's going to end. Because that's, you know, classy or whatever, but you know what isn't classy? Losing your job. What's more important, winning or not recruiting a kid that's been committed since he was in eighth grade and didn't even really know what college was when he committed to that school? I'm waiting for them to modernize as well, but anyway. Brett says, once they hire Chip, the Kiffin rumors will just start up for UCLA. It's kind of getting annoying now. The desperation of the fan base on Twitter is sad. Yeah, the Oregon thing is especially really odd 
It's really odd to me. But like, you know, I blame Danny Cannell for all of this. This is all his fault. He started this news cycle with uh, with Oregon. I mean, he, he and Bud Elliott, who I like, uh, on a podcast, uh, talked about how Oregon should go after Lane Kiffin, but Danny took it a step further or whatever. Th- there's two ways to go about it. One, I think, is more responsible than the other. And, and I mean, if I were Oregon and, and hiring, I would have reached out to Lane Kiffin, too. Uh, of course. I mean, look at what he's done at Ole Miss in short order. There's a difference between if I was Oregon, I would call them and what, you know, what most people do as if, and let's be honest here, Oregon's a great job. They have a lot of money, but where would you rather coach? Where would you rather coach in the SEC, in the SEC West or in Oregon? Yes, they have good facilities, resources. It's harder to get players, all that. I I know. I mean, some people on the West Coast would disagree with that sentiment. I think that basically, no, not basically. You can probably remove Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt, and I would rather coach at every other job in the SEC than Oregon, even with their resources. That sounds crazy, I know, but I am a little bit crazy. Don't know what's going on with the internet today, guys. Sorry about this. Um, it is. I have discovered it is my computer. So some days it's just going to go down like this. Sorry about that. But, yeah, and, and you'll get them for UCLA. It sounds like uh, their target number one would be Dave Aranda, though. I mean, he's a West Coast guy. And people that cover UCLA have said if Chip does, in fact, go, that their primary target would be Dave Aranda. And I would expect him to take that job, too. And so then you'll just get more people saying Kiffin to Baylor. You know, just keep this cycle going. Just keep keep it going. Keep it going. Um, yeah, it is, it is kind of annoying, man. It, it is. Um, anyway. Flight Tracker, John says, is the cue of college football. <laughs> Because it never comes true, you know? It never, what you find on Flight Tracker never comes true. What Q says never comes true. That's a great comparison. It never comes true. Stop reading Flight Tracker. All right, let's show you some stuff that happened last night. In case you guys missed any of this, I'm sure you didn't. If you're watching this, that means you are on the internet. And so if you're on the internet, that means you saw these plays last night. But still, I got it. We just got to talk about these things. So, the buzzer beater, first of all, number one Purdue at Rutgers last night. For those of you in podcast form, sorry you can't watch this, but you know, uh, you will hear it anyway. This was last night. Ten seconds left in the game. Purdue has the ball in East Rutherford. Number one Purdue at Rutgers. This is how it went. This is how it sounded last night. Hunter to Stefanovic. Here he is, Williams. Patient. Going to work. Got it! The answer! Three seconds! No timeouts! Harper for the win! Oh! It counts! And the buzzer! I wish you guys would look at something, too. Look at the... Something that I noticed, by the way, just unbelievable. I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff that draws you into sports, right? I mean, unbelievable play. This is incredible. But 
Usually court storming is reserved for the students, right? Look at some of the ages of the people that find their way out of the court. This is hilarious to me. I mean, look at these guys. You, you got grandpa out here storming the court with the students. I love it. I love it. Look at this. That's great. Oh, what a scene. What a scene in college basketball last night. So there's awesome thing going into your weekend, number one. Number one, Purdue goes down, incredible fashion. What a scene, court storming, all that. Uh, And I stand by what I said earlier this season, the SEC should stop fining for storming courts because if something like that went down in the SEC and say Ole Miss, I don't think State has recent field or court storming, so they're not like up in the fine tier. But Ole Miss, it would cost him like $200,000 in a fine if – Let's say Alabama moves up to number one and Ole Miss hits a buzzer beater. They're on the fine tier that would cost them like quarter million dollars or whatever if they storm the court. Why would you want to get rid of scenes like that? I don't understand it. That was amazing. Shout out Rutgers. What a shot. What a win. That is really cool. And that's why you love sports. Second thing. So uh, not why you love sports. In fact, quite the opposite. This is. As boneheaded of a thing as you can see happen on a football field. I don't know if you guys watched the really bad game last night between Pittsburgh and Minnesota. Pittsburgh and Minnesota last night. uh, The Vikings won the game by eight. And as you can see on the score bug here, maybe uh, here, let me bring this down. You'll see it in a second. You'll see it's an eight-point game, just over 30 seconds left. Pittsburgh has got to spike the ball here. It's fourth and one. They convert. They have to spike the ball. They don't have timeouts. There's 30 seconds left. They're down by eight. And this is what happened right here is the catch. There it goes. And watch Claypool here, too. So you see what what that does. The I mean, how unbelievably selfish this is. What I mean, what boneheaded doesn't even describe this well enough. How impossibly stupid and selfish this is when you're down by eight and you have the ball and there's 30 seconds left in the game and you have to spike it instead of getting the ball to the ref and saving what five six seconds. How long does this take? I mean, at least six seconds, seven seconds, eight seconds that that was wasted because you celebrated after catching, converting that fourth down instead of getting up, running the ball to the spot. I mean, what you should do is run the ball to the spot and give it to the official right there so he puts it down and you spike it. Instead, you're doing this crap right here, and the ball gets batted away. And then after you do something so stupid – that costs your team, what, a play, maybe two plays, uh, two shots at the end zone, and then you start yelling at them. I mean, this is the kind of, this is what you get, right? And remember, this is the guy that complained about not having enough music at practice. Well, uh, maybe this is why you don't. I mean, look at that. Look at the way he's yelling at his teammates. The guy that celebrated and wasted, what, two plays, in a one-score game with 30 seconds left and no timeouts, two shots at the end zone, you're on the 35-yard line. And then you have the audacity 
to yell at them. This is at, watch this. Look at that. Who are you yelling at? You did this. This is your fault. Why, why are you even, when you're down by eight, at Minnesota, celebrating a first down anyway? Why is that something that in your mind you think that you should be doing at all? What, what is this? It's crazy, but, you know, that's what you get sometimes. That's that's terrible. That is terrible. And uh, Pittsburgh is, uh, they're in the market for a quarterback in the draft. If you are an Ole Miss fan, knowing that your quarterback is going to be a first-round option, all, all things aside about Claypool's antics, he's a hell of a receiver and it's a great place to play. That That's who you want drafting your guy, I think, is Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, maybe New Orleans as well. I don't know what the future of the quarterback position is there. I don't think they're going to be drafting one. Um, I think, personally, they're going to run run it back with Jameis, but whatever. That's where you want him to go, to me, is uh, is Pittsburgh, especially now seeing how they're kind of – not. they're not tanking, they're not trying to lose, but – Roethlisberger is just he's done um and they have clearly some some issues but that's where you want to be to me but anyway and finally the picket rule the picket rule is what I'm going to call it I'm sure that's what a lot of people are going to call it not unique to me but this right here has been banned by the NCAA so you guys probably saw it in the ACC championship game where Kenny Pickett Kenny Pickett did the fake slide, and uh, we talked about it Saturday night after these games, and uh, I didn't like it. Let me rephrase that. It's smart by by Pickett here. It's a baller move, honestly, and it worked, right? He scored a touchdown. But I didn't like the principle of it, if you will, because defenders are penalized for any contact with a slider. I mean, if they if they hit a guy that's sliding, it's a 15-yard penalty, and they'll review it for targeting, too, just for the hell of it. So you see two Wake Forest defenders stop what they're doing because they know that if he's sliding and you touch him, it's going to be a penalty on you. So I, I didn't like it. I thought the play should have been blown dead, and it turns out the rule said the play should have been blown dead, but the NCAA stepped in and made sure that this kind of thing cannot happen anymore. They have banned it already and once you even initiate a slide once you indicate that you are going to slide even if you haven't really started it yet once you do this the play will be blown dead that is uh, a new thing that just happened last night but here's my question why can't you do a lot of things this quickly why is it that you were able to get the NCAA Rules Committee together and ban this in a couple days. I like it. I'm glad that they're doing this. I think that that is... You could qualify it as Bush League. I think it's a baller move because it worked, right? But that shouldn't be allowed. I'm glad that they are taking this out because I don't want to see more of it. However... Why is it that the NCAA Rules Committee has now finally decided to work quickly? I mean, we have so many bad things that happen in terms of officiating and rules in college football. 
and they take years to figure out. We still, we still are ejecting guys for targeting when their head just comes down just a little, I mean, on these bang bang plays that happen so fast. We're still kicking guys out of games for regular football plays where the contact may have just been in a, in a part of the ball carrier's body that was just a touch high and he lowered himself and that's why all that stuff. I mean, the the implementation of targeting is awful. We're kicking guys out of games for regular football plays and that's been going on for years. And yet Kenny Pickett dares fake slide a little and we can jump right into action and fix that right away. Why can't we do this with other things? I don't understand. I'm glad. I'm glad that the NCAA has decided to work fast in this instance. I think it's the right move, but also it makes me wonder what the hell do you guys wait on when it comes to literally everything else? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? I'm glad, but what are you waiting on? Crazy. So no more fake slides. That's uh, that's over. That is over. And uh, by the way, guys, have you seen the uh, basketball slate in the SEC this weekend? I've had a couple people send me a DM and ask. Uh, I will not be doing uh, basketball Saturday night streams. I won't be doing that uh, unless something crazy happens, or, or or you know both teams are really good, or one team is really good, and they're you know tournament stuff. Once conference play begins, maybe I'll uh, I'll look into doing this. On Saturday nights, like I did in football, but for now, I don't think there's enough demand. You guys could tell me I'm wrong. Those were by far the most watched and listened to editions of this, though. So, you know, maybe I should. But the slate this weekend, though, pretty sick, right? Arkansas is going to Oklahoma. By the way, Colorado State, this is a good Colorado State team. If you're a state fan out there and you look at your basketball schedule and you're like, nah, it's Colorado State. I don't really care. Don't feel like watching. They're undefeated. That's a good Colorado State team. That could end up being a nice win for you, too, uh, when you're building a tournament resume if it gets to that point. So that's 1 o'clock tomorrow on ESPNU. I would encourage you to watch it. Good Colorado State team. Uh, You guys have what should be a tournament team as well. I would watch. Uh, Missouri's at Kansas. Missouri not particularly good. They should be better than they are, but they're at Kansas, so there's something. Uh, Kentucky's at Notre Dame. Notre Dame not very good, but still tough road game for Kentucky. LSU's at Georgia Tech. Um, Will Wade still coaching, if you can believe it, at LSU. It's a mystery. Uh, Houston is at Alabama. That should be a hell of a game on Saturday night. And uh, Ole Miss is facing off against Rick Stansberry once again. So, hey, I'm just saying, I know uh, you guys are still focused on football and football's on the brain, understandably so. But uh, check out some hoops this weekend. Rick Stansberry and Ole Miss, Mississippi State playing an undefeated Colorado State team. It's worth checking out, I think. Will I be live with you tomorrow night? Probably not. But uh, we could recap Army-Navy together. We could. Um, It's my favorite game of the year. See, Sid, you read my mind, man. Army-Navy, the college football game of the year. Uh, I said this on the radio show yesterday. I I get... um, it's very cheesy, all right? Forgive me. But uh, I get kind of, not emotional, I don't cry or anything, but 
I I feel differently when I watch Army Navy versus any other college football game. Uh, a high school teammate of mine played at Army, um, so I kind of know what their daily life is like. But the, those two teams, plus Air Force as well, but those two teams, uh, when you watch them play, they play good football. By the way, Navy's been down last couple of years. Not the pandemic wasn't good uh, to Navy. They really struggled last year and that's carried over into this year, but Ken Niamatololo's program has been winners. They've been ranked. They, they've gone to bowl games. They've won bowl games. And now uh, Jeff Monk can the same thing at Army. I mean, it's not just football. It's actually good football. Like These kids play, and they play well. Defenses uh, and stuff like that. But there's something about this game. When you see the cadets and the midshipmen in the stands and when they uh, do the march, the pregame march, and then when the game is over and you watch both teams stand and and sing for both alma maters and you know that every guy on that field uh, has signed up to put their life on the line for us. So they're all American men. I mean, to to get into Army and Navy, you have to be world-class at everything. The, my high school teammate, Anthony, was world-class at everything. He was brilliant, a good student, and a hell of a football player. He's a great guy. Like, you have to be that to go to one of these places. So they're the best of us, and every single player on that field tomorrow is willing to die for us. They have signed up for that. have chosen that path. Makes me feel things, man. I mean, I, I, I just I swell up with pride when I watch these kids play because – they're, they're not your typical college student. They're, they're the best of us. Um, the fact that they can play as well as they do is crazy to me, considering their schedule. Uh, they're up at five, and then they're, they're gone all day. I mean, it's not just where they go to fifty minute, a couple 50-minute classes in the morning and they hang out at the facility the rest of the day. They're doing, they're doing education. They're doing tactical training and military training, and somehow they fit football practice in there, and they have all signed up to risk their life for us. I feel things when I watch that game, man. I really do. I, I feel emotions, pride when I watch those guys play. Because they're the best of us. And they play really damn good football, too. So I can't wait to watch, Sid. I'm with you. I, I'm, I love this game. Every year I love this game. And I think, I could be wrong, I think there might be some weather in the in the forecast as well, right? So I'll... Uh, Al Roker this morning talking about a winter storm coming through the Northeast. So maybe we'll get some snow on top of it all. But anyway, yeah, man, the best college football game of the year for reasons that have nothing to do with the actual play, which is actually pretty damn good too. So anyway, that's uh, me waxing poetic this morning. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, we've got the Mississippi Alabama all-star game this weekend. Uh, recruiting news and stuff is happening uh, once we get a more definitive picture. Signing day is on Wednesday. I will probably wait on Wednesday of next week until Wednesday night. I think I might do that uh, to do a live with you guys. So I plan on bringing it back to more Mississippi focus starting next week. I've kind of bounced all over the place this week, and uh, we'll get back to – we'll start talking about bowl games and – you know, year in reviews and, and stuff like that. So uh, we'll get back to Mississippi starting uh, starting next week. So, 
In the meantime, y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Watch Army, Navy. And remember, they're the best of us. They are the best that this country has to offer. And uh, y'all have fun this weekend. Uh, who dat? Go Saints. We're getting healthy. And we're playing the Jets. So maybe good things will happen to us this weekend. Y'all be good. I'll see you on uh, Monday morning. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.